to Quinn if um to orient you. Please be seated. Uh, we are back on the record in the matter of the state of Georgia versus Khalif Adams et al. in 22 SC 183572. Um, Mr. Stilwell, Mr. Bosson, Mr. Shard, good morning, gentlemen. All right, Mr. Williams, Mr. Steele, Mr. Adams, and Ms. Renard, good morning. Mr. Kendrick and uh, Ms. Hingerty, good morning. All right, Mr. Huey and Mr. Matthews, Jr. and Sr., good morning. All right, Mr. Nichols, Mr. Harvey, and Ms. Westmoreland, good morning. Mr. Ryan and Ms. D. Williams, good morning. All right, Ms. Hilton, Ms. Love, Mr. Atkins, and Messrs. Brown and Smith, good morning. Good morning. All right. Sergeant Ingram, all our jurors present? Yes, sir. Okay, all right. Wonderful. All right, um, I'm going to have uh, this next exhibit marked as the next court exhibit in order. It is uh, the information I have given defense counsel about our hotspot. And we have 20, up to 20 devices. That's the best I can do. You've been given the Wi-Fi name and the password. Um, I will go ahead and include that as the next court exhibit in order, and I will seal it as well. So do not give out the that information to anybody else. That is for you use only while you're in here and 20 is the maximum number that I that, that particular spot will will give. So Mr. Matthews, does that satisfy your technology challenges? Close. <laughs> well you're gonna have to deal with the rest to make it up, okay? Alright, because that's the best because that's the best I can do with the technology and I've been checking with IT folks. Okay? Did Mr. Um, Kearns give you the brand new uh, Wi-Fi password? Oh, okay. That's why it's not working because the because the device itself generates a passcode. So um, if you all want to come up here and make sure you have the right passcode, you can sign into a state. You all, I know you all have the ability to sign into your secure uh, Wi-Fi provided by the county. So I didn't include you all in that particular calculus. All right. Are we ready? Yes, sir. All right. Anything I need to take up, folks, before I call for our jurors? Um, yes, I'm just trying to be nice, Mr. Adams. I really wasn't trying to take up anything. Okay, all right.
uh, other excerpts of radio traffic and what our position is on it, whether we believe it, it violates confrontation, uh, our right to confrontation or not. Um, we just like some time to look through it. I want to review their excerpts. I want to review the, uh, the actual radio traffic itself. It's about 15 minutes to half an hour. Uh, so I'm just asking that uh, we be given some time to look at that and perhaps if we need to address the issue a little bit later on before it's presented. And I think we can probably do that during the lunch break. Okay. Mr. Atkins? Yeah, uh, that is correct in regards to Ms. Lattis is the next witness. She needs to be the state after Detective Dead is complete and the radio traffic along with the 911 call associated cabin reports are going to be stated to introduce those with Ms. Lattis. I provided my own time hacks from the radio traffic is what we intend to introduce. And this morning, and speaking with Mr. Field and Mr. Adams, and the state does agree that if it works out, if Detective Benton is complete, close to lunchtime, Ms. Lattimer is the next witness after her. And so if that gives this council adequate time, if you can also speak together, there may be parts of this that we agree to as well. Okay. Um, I tell you what I'll do then. I'm going to recess about maybe about an hour from now, about one, somewhere between uh, 12 and 12:10, and then what we'll do is I'll um, give our jurors. We'll come back at two. Okay. Thank you. All right. That's, that's sufficient. Yeah, that should be. Yes. Anything else? That's all. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Summon our jurors for us, please, uh, Sergeant.
12 recess for lunch and then we'll come back at 2 so and then we'll take the afternoon at that point in time okay alright Detective Ben you're still on the road madam okay yes sir alright may continue the examination at this point in time Mr. Steele whenever you're ready sir thank you your honor good morning good morning um I believe that if we can go back um, to Monday, okay. when we um, when the honorable court um, broke for the day, you were explaining if you if um, could orient yourself. We were on um, Mr. Williams number one five seven. Do you remember that by any chance? Yes. Okay, and we were specifically talking about the styrofoam cup as you described it, the Burger King styrofoam item? Yes. And uh, you were explaining, and I think that's when we stopped, um, that there's different types of DNA. That's correct. Analysis. Okay. Um, in your experience, have you ever collected or had collected, you know, asked someone on your team to collect an item of uh, like a styrofoam and uh, process it for any evidence? I would ask the crime scene. Um, investigators or the crime scene technicians to um, collect and okay. either have it sent to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation for processing or have them swab it 
and then send the swabs down. Okay. And the jurors may have heard something about swabbing, but that's um, just testing, just take, trying to obtain information from that uh, item. Is that fair to say? That's correct. And the scientists then can uh, potentially examine it for um, evidence or non-evidence, whatever they find. Yes, sir. All right. You mentioned yesterday also, uh, used, or not yesterday, Monday, you used the word prints. Do you remember that? Yes, latent prints. Okay. Can you explain that to the jurors? Uh, latent prints. Every single person's fingerprints um, are unique to them, including identical twins. The one thing that's different is their fingerprints. Um, crime scene technicians are trained in lifting latent prints. But you have to be very careful if you and choose between latent prints sometimes and DNA. You can't do one or the other. Okay. Um, and on that styrofoam item, is it possible? I'm not saying that there aren't any latent prints, um, but um, is it possible to attempt to do that? To try to have the send it off to the crime lab to try to obtain that type of evidence? Yes. And latent versus, latent means that it's visible, right? That it's usable? Mm-hmm. True? Correct. Most prints are not visible to the plain eye. Okay. Um, I'd like to go um, the next, if, if Mr. Kokomo can zoom in next to the, on the floorboard on the passenger side rear of the 2004 Nissan Altima you see two items there? They both look dark in color, maybe even black? Yes. And are those the items that you discussed earlier? Yes. And they're uh, seemingly cell cellular telephones, is that true? Yes, sir. Can you tell, ladies and gentlemen, jury, what type of story, I used your word from uh, the other day, um, can be contained or found scientifically on a cell phone? I'm sorry, say that again? What type of evidence can potentially be found on a cell phone? You mean physical evidence? Yeah. Okay. Um, you can find either fingerprints. Um, you can also use DNA, touch DNA technology um, on a cell phone. Okay. Um, there is a, what appears to be a red garment. Do you see that? Yes, sir. Okay. And that red garment, could that contain any type of um, physical evidence that could be looked at? Yes, it can have um, DNA evidence and also fiber evidence would be extremely important. Tell the juries what fiber evidence is, if you don't mind. Everybody's, their clothing is, you know, made of fibers. So um, the clothing itself would be sent down to the Georgia River Investigation, the GBI, and they would probably just, um, under a microscope, pull some fibers, just try to compare it possibly to another scene. Okay, now if Mr. Kokomo can go back on Mr. Williams' exhibit number 157. And with Mr. Kokomo's permission, let's um, zoom in a little bit more on the item. You see the item kind of in the center top. It says the unit or the the N-U-N-T-Z. You see that? Oh, you're asking me. Yes, yeah. sorry. Okay. Um, that type of item. Um, do you remember whether the item was filled or not filled or spilled some of its contents, if you remember? No. Um, the only thing that was taken from the car, because we didn't process the inside of the car. We only photographed 
evidence markered, and then we took the firearms and the cell phones. The car was going to be processed at another time by the lead detective or someone of the lead detectives choosing at the annex, so I did not touch or manipulate anything in the car outside of the firearms and the cell phones. Perfect. You just are preserving it, and then the lead detective, I think you educated us as Detective um, David Quinn, fair to say? Yes, sir. Okay, and then it would be with his, his purview to have these other items tested at a later time. There's That's correct. Okay. Um, if Mr. Kokomo can zoom out for a minute and we go into the items next to that um, box on the seat, do you see there maybe, and if you can help us for the jurors that may not have uh, seen this photograph before, can you show us if you see a, um, a um, Sharpie pen? Yeah, it's dead center. Do you see it? Mm-hmm. It's dead, dead center. Can you do like, you know, the line? And then go through, if you can, um, with, the, with the red line again. Do you see the, what I'll say looks like a yellow-black pen? Um, you see a tool on the upper center part. A tool looking at silver and black handle. Can you do a red mark if you see that item? Um, do you see, um, and Mr. Kokomo can make it clear if you need it, but um, God bless you. Um, do you see gloves, like work gloves? Mm-hmm. Can you just do something? Okay. And um, do you see, like, what I'll call, and I really don't know what it is, so. I don't want to misname it, but some, some sort of strap. Do you see that item? I'm assuming you're talking about this black. Yeah. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. And then do you see the red um, item up below it? Do you know what that is by any chance? You mean the burgundy thing? Yes, the burgundy. I don't know what that is, no. Okay. And then can you read um, what it says on, you see where it says on the upper... It's not really up the center right. It says one slash four, like one quarter. Can you read that? No. Mr. Kokomo, can oh. you make that a little bigger? Something to do with paint. One more time. Or sheet. One more time. One quarter sheet for paint. Okay. Do you know whether these items... Um, are items that are typically found in that type of toolbox. I have no idea what people keep in their own toolboxes. Okay. All right. Now, we also see if Mr. Uh, Kokomo can pull out a little bit. We also see there, if you look in the bottom floorboard area on the driver's side, do you see that item? The firearm? There are two, yes. Yes. You see the firearm? And that's one of the firearms you collected, correct? Yes, sir. And do you also see, is that a pencil possibly? Is it a pencil-looking item next to it? It could be. Or underneath it, maybe. All right. this photo, you really can't tell. Okay. And you see some glass, broken glass? Or it appears yes. to be broken glass? Okay. Now, the three guns, which I believe are stacked up next to the um, Honorable Court Reporter and between you, um, were they all... Semi-automatic firearms? Yes, sir. Okay. And you told the jurors, I believe it was you, and if it's not, tell them. Typically, 
when a firearm is working properly, uh, the way it's manufactured, is that the missile will come out of the um, of the weapon, and then the shell case will be kicked to the right and rear of the shooter. Is that fair to say? Typically, yes. There are very minimal firearms out there where the shell casing goes in an opposite direction. Do you have any um, belief or knowledge that any of the three items, and let me just get what they're marked. Your Honor, may I approach for a second? You may. This is 115C, mm -hmm. 114C, 116C. Do you have any reason to believe that any of those firearms, if working properly, would not kick to the right and rear? No. Okay. Um, for people who may not have your familiarity, can you just show, and if you don't have gloves, we will get them for you, or I will touch the item. Can you just show where the ejection port is on one of those guns? If this is a gun, the ejection port's in the center. That's the weld. You put it into the weld weapon, you're going to take a magazine and pull it into the weld weapon. This is the chamber. Um, if you haven't already had it cocked back, you're going to slide the, um, the slide to the rear, pull it to the rear. 3,000 styles starting at just $6. That's quality-made eyewear at prices to love. I buy direct. Fire from the um, chamber. In this vehicle, except for the broken glass, mm -hmm. were all of the windows raised on the vehicle? Yes, sir. Did you find, you or your team, find any shell casings inside of that vehicle? No, sir. Do you have any evidence that a weapon was discharged, that type of weapon, not a revolver, a weapon that kicks out a shell casing, a semi-automatic, was fired inside of that vehicle at the Me time? Me personally, no. Okay. All right. If, uh, with your permission, Mr. Kokomo's mission and the court... I skipped Mr. Williams' exhibit number 155, so I'm going backwards a minute here. Mr. Kokomo can show that. Okay. Now, um, in Mr. Williams' number 155, this is a shot taken, photograph, excuse me, taken from the rear passenger side, towards the rear passenger side, of the 2004 Nissan Altima vehicle. Is that a fair, accurate uh, representation? Yes. And at this point, to be fair, it appears that the driver's side rear door is ajar. Somebody opened it. Is that fair to say? Yes. All right. And no one's trying to manipulate or fool a jury or anything, but you found it all with the doors closed, but now law enforcement has opened one door. That's correct. Okay. And you've already taken pictures of the closed doors, fair? Yes, sir. All right. Now, and Mr. Williams, number 155, we see the, um, we see, um, part of that black item that we discussed, right? In the center, I don't know, kind of center, lower center? Yes. And then we have the broken glass, right? Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with the type of safety glass that manufacturers of vehicles put in cars to protect us? No. All right.
can you tell from this picture which direction the glass, how the glass was shattered, with whatever object it was, what direction it was coming from? No. All right. Um, the glass missing, is that potentially some of the glass that you uh, showed the jury on the driver's side rear floorboard in Mr. Williams number 157 a moment ago? Yes, it's possible. All right. Now, if Mr. Kokomo can pull in um, closer and show the, I would like you to orient the jurors to the front passenger seat. From this picture, and there'll be other pictures, can you tell the front passenger seat how far it was moved? Are you familiar with cars in the front seat can move closer or further from uh, the windshield? Yes. Okay. Um, do you know how far this seat, rear passenger seat, was moved towards the back? No. The time that you uh, came upon the car? All right. No. All right. Let's um, talk about Mr. Williams number 156, if that's okay. Okay. And here is a, another angle, same side of the car, passenger side, fair to say? Yes. And the photograph here is capturing, capturing more of the front seat. Is that correct? Yes. Can you tell from this angle, and angles are, could be deceiving, so can you can you tell from this angle of the photograph where that front passenger seat is, let's say, in relation to the divider between the two windows, the front and back doors? No, not based off this angle. It would need to be dead center on the side. Can you just explain to jurors about the depth perception? It, it could distort the angle. The depth perception can distort the angle of, of a photograph. Okay. Um, let's look at number 158 of Mr. Williams, if that's okay. Now that is, um, both airbags are deployed, fair to say? Yes, sir. And when I say both, just uh, for preciseness, we're talking about the driver's seat airbag comes out of the steering wheel, as well as the passenger front airbag is uh, opened up from the from the um, dashboard. Fair? Yes. Okay. And here, um, on this um, photograph, is that you in the upper kind of right side? Um, if you can recognize with the, it looks like the belt with maybe two cell phones, I'm, I'm really not sure if they're both cell phones. Yes, it is. Okay. All right. And um, you're giving direction to your coworkers, fair to say, or you're at least processing what direction you need to go in? Yes. Okay. Um, if Mr. Kokomo can zoom in on the front passenger seat. Do you by any chance know now what that item is the yellow i'm saying the yellow if it's not yellow just correct me item no again the only thing that i took from the vehicle were the two the three firearms and the, the cell phones everything else was preserved and left for the lead detective okay all right um 
Mr. Kokomo, if you can help us and go to number 159 when you get a chance. And Mr. Williams, number 159, this is now from where you were standing before. This is from the passenger side looking towards the driver's side front. That's correct. Vehicle, the front comp uh, person compartment of the vehicle. Fair? Yes. Now, tell me if this helps, if, if this can, this photograph helps you, Mr. Williams, number 159. Do you see the center console with the gear shifts? Yes. And do you see the gear shift seemingly in drive? I'm not saying it is in drive, but it looks like it's not in park. It's in something. I just don't know what it's in, but you're right. right. It's not in park. Now, I'd like to know whether you can help us compared to that um, center console. Is the rear, excuse me, the front passenger seat look like it is moved closer to the back? of the vehicle as compared to the driver's seat? No. Okay. Can you explain why? It looks like the same line. Okay. So, do you believe that the driver's seat, you see the driver's seat? Yes. That is in front, the, the part that comes to the legs, that is in front of the um, gear shift? You see that? I, I said yes. Okay. And then do you notice that the passenger seat, the front where the legs go, looks like it's behind the gear shift? But they're both around the same location. One's not manipulated five feet behind the other. So based on the angle of this photo, they could be right there at the same thing. I couldn't tell you unless I'm standing at the car at the time. Okay. Okay. Um, let's look at the floorboard of the passenger seat. Front. The items there. See um, maybe two cords and possibly you know, to go into electronic devices that look like that's true. I One's green, one's white. Or, uh, they're cords. I don't know what they go to. Uh, yeah, I can agree that they're cords. Okay. And then, Mr. Kokomo, if you can uh, blow that up. You see another potential item that is maybe a cup with Coca-Cola on it in red. It's white and different colors on it. Yes. Same potential with either paper or styrofoam. Correct. Potentially fertile ground if Detective David Quinn wanted to to have it analyzed by the crime scene? Potentially, yes. All right. Okay. If we can go to Mr. Williams number 60. I'd like you again to focus on the seat. That's a front passenger area, correct? Floorboard? Yes. And do you see the seat where the uh, the knees would come and to the front passenger seat? Yes. And do you see where it appears that there is an indentation um, where it goes into the where the gun is laying into the into the uh, place where the feet would typically go if the person sitting there if there was a person sitting in that seat? An indentation where? Going down, you see. Um, you see the carpet 
looks like there's it goes down from the seat towards the floorboard. Do you see that? No. Okay. Um, you see where Mr. Kokomo is zooming in on? That's an indentation. I'm asking you. Th that's what I'm asking. I don't consider that an indentation. I just consider that part of the curb of the car, the interior of the car. All right. Um, yeah, it's carpeted. Yeah, Mr. Kokomo blew that up. He was kind of to blow it up for us. Can you tell whether that seat, the passenger seat, is moved back as far as it can move on that track, according to that picture? It appears to be. I couldn't tell you if that's actually the truth, but it appears to be, yes. Okay. Now, if Mr. Kokomo can scroll back a little further out, that is one of the guns that you collected, fair to say? Yes, sir. All right. If we can go to Mr. Williams, number 161, that is going to be a close-up that you directed to have taken of that firearm that you collected, correct? That's correct. All right. Now I'd like to go to Mr. Williams, number 162. Now this, to orient the jurors, is the driver's side rear floorboard. Is that right? Yes, sir. All right, and there is two additional firearms that you were, uh, you and your capable team collected, right? Yes, sir. All right. There's also a hat there. Is that true? Yes, sir. And it looks like to me it says New Era on it. Can you read that? Yes. Tell the ladies and gentlemen jury what evidence potentially can be found on a hat if the hat is on the person. Oh, you could find DNA, you could find um, hair, possibly with or without the root, which if it has the root, you can definitely try to pull some DNA from that. Um, that would have been found on the hat, or potentially found on the hat. Could fingerprints potentially be found on a hat? I've never seen where fingerprints have been found on the hat. Okay. That again would be up to Detective Quinn. That's correct. Okay. Mr. Williams, number 163. By the way, can we go back to 162, if you don't mind? Remember earlier, we talked about the item that there may be something underneath the um, firearm? Yes. Do you see what, you know, I would say is a pencil. Do you see that green item? I see a green. I couldn't tell you if that's a pencil or not. Okay. And then do you see the um, item that looks yellow? Again, I couldn't tell you if it's a pencil, but it's a yellow something. Okay. And then the item next to the hat, do you recognize that to be a, um, like a box cutter? Yes, sir. Do you ever call it like that? Okay. And would a box cutter uh, sometimes be found potentially in a toolbox? I would assume so. Okay. If we go to Mr. Williams number 163. Now, do you need another picture to orient this photograph, or do you remember where it was? And if you do, just tell the jurors to orient them. No, I believe this was the coagulated blood that was on the outside of the vehicle. Okay. And um, do you know whether in your experience that that's a large amount of blood or a small amount of blood? And I know it's all relative. I understand that. Objection, Your Honor. Hey, this is a standing objection. Have you ever seen an art, art, artery bleed?
person got to get shot in the artery. Have you ever seen the blood from the artery? Yes. Okay. And tell the ladies and jury, if it's coming out, if, if, the, if the, blood, the blood is not bleeding inside, if it's coming out, and it's an artery, could that be a lot of blood coming out of the person? Of course, yes. And an artery is, tell the jurors what an artery is. Artery is a vein that basically connects a lot of other veins and has a lot of blood in it. I'm not a medical doctor. Um. Okay. All right. Uh, number 164, Mr. Williams. I believe we discussed this previously. Is that correct? Yes, sir. There's a little bit. I'm not saying a little bit. I'm not trying to quantify it, but there's some blood on some of the uh, cash, right? That's correct. All right. Then number six, excuse me, number 165, and that orients the last two pictures where they were found uh, compared to placard number six and placard number seven. Fair? Yes. All right. 166, again, we're going to have a story for the blood. You're going to, you see the or suspected blood. You see that? Yes. With the cash around it, right? Yes. And then number nine, suspected blood. That's why you thought it was important to memorialize. Fair? Yes, sir. And that's a number 167. 168 is just you again showing us the relationship between placard eight and nine. Is that fair to say? Not me, but the crime scene tech taking the photograph, yes. At your direction. Well, they would take the photographs as they're trained. My direction was what evidence to be marked. Understood. Okay. Let's go to number 169, Mr. Williams. Do you recognize this to be, again, we're going back to the um, rear passenger side of the 2004 um, Nissan Altima Fair? That's correct. And this, again, is, I know there's a little more to it, but the floorboard area. Yes, sir. Is that fair? Okay. Do we see a um, potentially a uh, plastic water bottle or a plastic bottle of some sort stuffed in between the um, the, uh, the area where you can hold things behind the passenger seat? The pocket, yes. The pocket, thank you. Okay, and then there's the Burger King item that we discussed underneath that, right? Yes, sir. And then you've already discussed the cell phone and the um, magazine. Yes. To the firearm. And there's again that red item that you discussed. Yes, sir. With the jurors. Do you notice any um, what's potential or suspected blood on the corner of the seat? I couldn't tell you what that is. Okay. That would have to be tested. Okay. And that again, and you made it clear, I believe, that that's Detective Quinn, not you. To have it swabbed would be the lead detective um, when they were processing the car at the annex. To have it tested would be the GBI. Right. And it starts with Detective Quinn, I guess I was inarticulate. Or whoever he would have delegated that job to. Okay. 170 of Mr. Williams, you see a placard 10? Yes, sir. And it's a similar um, photograph of what we just looked in, but a little clearer and closer. Fair to say? Yes, sir. Okay. Does it help in this picture, Mr. Williams, number 170, those items that um, are red in color on the, um, looks like the um, 
seat where the seat folds into below uh, going down or towards the floorboard. Do you see that? I see it, but it still does not help, no. Okay. Number 171 is simply the, um, I assume that that's you, but if it's not, just correct me, and you were just making the weapon safe and, and also showing what the weapon that it was loaded. That's correct. All right. And the next one's 172. As you explained to us so well, that's a close-up of the weapon. That's correct. And you also capture, obviously, the um, serial number of the weapon. That's correct. And then 173 is simply, you have to have an identification, so that is um, the license plate. Fair to say? Yes, sir. All right. And then 174, once removed, you have both of the, um, is it Metro PCS and, a, and another cell phone. You see that? Yes, an LG. Okay. Now, who, whose purview would it be? Whose power would it be to say, um, I want the contents, potentially want the contents of those cell phones to be analyzed? Uh, that would be up to the lead detective and most likely through a search warrant. Through a search warrant, as you said. Is that what you said? That's correct. And the lead detective, I've said four times, same person. Yes, sir. All right. Okay. I think we have gone through every other... Mr. Kokomo, would you pull up again? We've looked at this, but if you don't mind going back. 105, Mr. Williams. or is the angle not helpful to where, how far back the front passenger seat is positioned? No. Okay. Now, is it fair to say that the further back the front passenger seat is, then the less leg room there is for someone to be sitting behind the front passenger? That's correct. In 2013, and thank you, sir. In 2013, um, if, you, if you can go back to that time, did your agency have access to something called Total Station? I don't know what that is. Okay. Okay. Do you know, and I'm talking about September 11th of 2013. Did your agency have the capability of using computer um, to shoot 
to scale the interior of a car? I don't believe so. Did your agency have, and, and I know this, um, measuring divide, rulers, 2013? Yes. Yes, okay. Um, would it be Detective Quinn's responsibility to measure, if he saw fit, how much room there was between the rear passenger seat area and the seat in front, the front passenger seat, to determine whether a person, let's say, who's six foot three inches tall, had the leg room to fit in that area. What happened? Objection, Your Honor. Basis. Counsel is assuming facts not that. I stand the objection. Did Detective Quinn have a? measuring stick to his or the, or the Atlanta Police Department, your office, have a measuring device that could tell the jurors how much room there was between the front passenger seat as found by you and your teammates on the scene of the 2004 Ultima and the rear um, seat. Objection, Your Honor. Basis. Ask and answer. A standing objection. Could a bullet have gone through that rear, very rear, passenger side window to break it? I would have no idea how that passenger side window was broken. Okay. Would you know how many objects, whatever object that was, that broke that, how many objects went through that area? No. Do you remember seeing, noticing... A, um, seeming a, pur a purported bullet hole through the passenger side front headrest. Objection, Your Honor. Basis. Counsel testifying. I'll, I'll sustain the question as to form. You can rephrase it, Mr. Steele. Did you observe when you were there with the 2004 Nissan Altima red vehicle? Did you observe a potential hole through the front passenger side headrest? I did not process the inside of that car and did not search or go into abundance because I did not want to leave any of my DNA or fibers or fingerprints or anything like that in the car because they had yet to process it. The only thing I did was grab the firearms, I rendered them safe, and I grabbed the cell phones. Outside of that, I did not get close enough inside that vehicle so that they could properly process it once back at the annex. That would again, at the same price, be the lead detective. That's correct. All right. And you realized when you were there that you couldn't, I think your word was contaminate that vehicle because it potentially held a lot of valuable evidence. Potentially, yes, sir.
pull up State's Exhibit 119, Do you have State's Exhibit? Yeah. Do you have State's Exhibit in front of you, 119C, any chance? Okay. And that is already in evidence, correct? May I display uh, with the Honorable Prosecutor's Assistance States Exhibit Number 119C, as in Colette Charlie? Can you all pull up 11C? 119C. Okay. laser pointer mm -hmm. were they used in your line of business in September 2013 if you wanted to show direction or something I'm not real sure when we got those I don't know what year we got those okay okay in 119C um You zoom in, Mr. Uh, Kokomo. Oh, no, excuse me. Ms. Atkins? Uh, the Honorable Prosecutor Atkins. On where the glass is broken, would you mind doing that? Now, Detective, could you pull it down just a little bit if you don't mind? Thank you, sir. That's down. Um, no, you can. That's perfect. Thank you. This is how you found the car with the door shut. True? That's correct. And do you see there um, the space where uh, the Honorable Prosecutor Atkins was kind of to zoom in? Do you see the space between where the frame is, where the glass is broken, and the rest of the frame of the car? Yes. Your Honor, I don't believe I have any other questions. I want to thank you so much. Thank you, Your Honor. You're welcome. Cross, any additional? They haven't been asked already. Hey, please, Court, Your Honor. Good morning, Detective Benton. Good morning. My name is Matt Chard. I represent Shannon Stillwell. My understanding is you're an investigator with Atlanta Police Department, correct? I'm a detective, yes. Okay, detective. Okay. Um, how long have you been with APD? A little over 22 years. 22 years. And is that the only agency you've ever been with? Yes. All right. Are you generally, and I'm not going to 
I'll quiz you on specifics, but generally, are you familiar with APD protocols? Yes. All right. Um, including the invest APD protocols on investigations? Yes, sir. All right. Awesome. How long have you been an investigator or a detective? I'm sorry. Uh, since 2007. 16 years? Almost 17. Almost 17. Um, and how long have you been a homicide detective? Almost 15. And you have familiarity with the way APD conducts homicide investigations, correct? Yes, sir. Great. As a homicide detective, um, you would agree that the collection of surveillance videos is an important part of an investigation. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, specifically, surveillance videos that would potentially show relevant information to the case. That's correct. Would you agree that if you are aware of information that something supposedly happened at a specific location, surveillance video could help prove or disprove that notion? Yes. So if a witness said something happened at a specific location, you can go get video, and then you don't have to rely on the credibility of the witness. If the video is available and the cameras are working, yes. If the video is available and the cameras were rolling. Okay. Yes. And, that, and you would agree that that can prove something happened, but also can prove something didn't happen? That's correct. All right. Okay. Now, the collection of surveillance video, let's say a, a surveillance video outside of a business. Um, who, as part of the homicide investigation, who is the person that's in charge of quarterbacking or ensuring that these things are collected? The lead detective. Okay, that is in the lead detective's purview. Yes, sir. All right. And now, does the lead detective always collect the video? No. Okay. Um, is there a specific person in charge of collecting relevant surveillance video? Yes, our Homeland Security Unit. You said Homeland Security Unit? Yes. Okay. And is that part of APD? Yes. Okay, so there is a unit within APD whose primary purpose is to collect relevant surveillance video? No. Okay, explain that to me. Within our Homeland Security Unit, we have cyber investigators who are experts in collecting video surveillance or um, DVR systems, and because they've gone through the specific training. They do a lot of other things within the Homeland Security Unit, but they're the people that we rely on when we call and we see there's video surveillance. We call them and have them come download the video surveillance or pull everything from the DVR system unless we take the system back to them. So we have people within APD with specialized training that the lead, invest, lead detective can call to ensure that relevant surveillance is collected. That's or at correct. least an attempt is made to collect. That's correct. Okay. And to collect 
relevant surveillance? Um, are there times where the business owner consents to the collection? Yes. Okay, and if a business owner doesn't consent, what legal mechanisms do you have to obtain relevant surveillance video? A search warrant. A search warrant. Okay, so you can, as a lead detective, you can apply for a search warrant, obtain a search warrant, and then arm the uh, Homeland Security unit with said search warrant. If the judge foresees and agrees that there's enough probable cause, then yes. Okay. And who's the individual that makes the decision to apply for a search warrant for surveillance video? The decision will be made solely off of either lead detective or another detective that he's working with. Okay. Lead detective. Okay. Let, let me, um, you said you have 15 years experience in homicide investigations. Um, I'd like to talk about time frames for the availability of videos. Are, are, is it fair to say, before I go into specifics, is it fair to say that the time frame for the availability of video differs from business to business, system to system? That's correct. Okay. Um, are there... Assuming that video surveillance is recorded at a, at a business, um, what are some of the time frames that you've seen as an investigator as far as how long the surveillance video is maintained by businesses? Uh, the minimal time that I've seen is 12 hours, and the video is immediately overrided by another video um, up to a couple of weeks. Okay. Now, how quickly, as a homicide detective, how quickly are you assigned to investigate a homicide? When the officers contact homicide, okay. advising they're on an active scene, the supervisor in homicide then contacts who's ever at the top of the rotation. Um, we have a unit rotation, so let's say I'm at the top of that unit rotation. doesn't matter what time or what day that case comes up, that's going to be mine. I then go to the bottom of the rotation and work my way back up. That way each detective has around about the same number of cases at the end of the year. Um, so it would be whatever supervisor is working would immediately contact that lead detective, whether at home, they're at work, and they take the lead role immediately. So a 911 calls, call comes in, say... Responding officer arrives, and then if there's, unfortunately, a dead body, homicide is called. That's correct. And, and is it fair to say you're generally on the scene or working on the case, assigned to the case in a 